they listen to the takes, and I'm just like, I sound like a crazed man. Oh, I thought you were going to say because you got your microphone today. Hey, I have a new microphone. Is this working? Oh, yeah, you're live. You see that big, that big, uh, yeah. Whoosh. Yeah. Is that the clapping? Okay. Yeah, we're in. Hey, we're back. This is uh, Steve Peterson. And Jack Hinkle. We're back in our studio, C202. Oh, that is the room, isn't it? And we uh, finally figured out, because so many people said, why are you so quiet on Spotify? Well, it's because we kind of had one mic. So now we got two. And I feel like we're like on a radio station. You and I are both kind of talking soft. Because Talk. we got the microphones right in front well, of us. Well, maybe we should start a GoFundMe. For, for more gear? Yeah. That's kind of selfish, though. I didn't do this for the fame and glory. Well, I'm doing it for the money. How's that working out? Very poorly. But that's okay. We have a good time doing this stuff. That's good. It's fun. Yep. Um, hey, we're back. We're on the final stretch of school. We got four weeks left. We're halfway through the first week, and then it's Christmas break. So we are in the thick of holiday concert preparation here at Concord High School. Christmas. Spectacular, impressive, super sounding tunes. So, uh, yeah, we have Christmas Spectacular, which is grades 9 through 12, everybody that can sing, dance, or play an instrument on stage. And we do a show that was modeled off a Radio City Music Hall many, many, many years ago. But um, first half, Santa, Rudolph, Snowman, Fun. Parade of the Wooden Soldiers, classic White Christmas, dancers, jazz bands, whole thing. Yep. The second half gets a little more solemn, sacred. Solemn. And, and uh, we visit the sounds of the season. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a good time. And, um, Three so shows, two Saturday, one Sunday, plus a fourth show matinee for our elementary and intermediate school students that get bussed over. And we take the kids out of some school time to do that. It's always fun. And um, once that's done, that's kind of when we get to go. And we have two weeks of Christmas break. Yay. And then we're in concert band mode. So that's what what we're doing. It seems like the energy, like, it's totally different with these microphones. Well, because we're, we're like, quieter. Usually we're talking like this. I know. And I I feel like sometimes I'm like a lunatic on the podcast. Well, that could still be true. But I, I I feel afraid of being, like, more of a lunatic. Hey, man. You always have a choice. Always have a choice. So, okay, today, Steve had an epiphany today, and Steve and I um, usually touch base with each other in between third period and fourth period, because I walk past his room when I'm going to my class, so he's like, hey, he's like, hey, Jack, Jack. <laughs> Actually, I said, hey, you got something for today? Because I didn't know if we did. And he's like, yeah, I got something, and then he's like. Well, after I told him about my class, but. That's true. We kind of got to talk about the funnies. Right. Um, what, are you, what are you doing? I don't know. Did you just hear a popping sound? Are yeah. we okay? Yeah, we're okay. That Did was, you pop something? No, that was my clavicle. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, that wasn't the microphone? I, it was. I don't know what's going on. Okay, we're good. <laughs> what now? What now? What now? Okay, you told me in the hallway. Jack, I, <laughs> I had an epiphany. And I feel kind of funny saying this because it, I don't know if this would actually like resonate with anybody, but it resonated with myself. And the concept was helping students be successful. And you're like, boy, there's a toe-tapping topic for a podcast about education. But helping students be successful, let me explain. I was thinking about it in one of the rehearsals I was having with a group of students that we were consistently playing in the wrong key signature. Okay? And that means for all you non-musicians, we were playing the wrong notes. And for music teachers, that means job security. Job security. <laughs> but music teachers, they're still playing the wrong notes. And... <laughs> And I was just trying to, I think I phrased something like, guys, for us to sound really good on this tune, you have to be in control of all these notes. Like, you have to make sure these are notes are ready to go. So it felt like I was putting more of the responsibility on them. That's, that's their project that they're working on, and I'm there to help them complete their project. And it... I don't know. The way that I was thinking about it kind of like hit me. I almost got weepy. No, I didn't. Um, No, but it it did. Like, I'm there to help them. And I've always believed I was there to help students. But to help them be successful at what they're doing and just assuming that they're trying to do 
their best, and we've kind of alluded to that philosophy before, assuming students are trying to do their best. But helping them achieve their goals or helping them be as good as they can be. And I'm I'm thinking too, like, you're saying that this is like the first time you thought of it in this specific way, where maybe, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I guess most teachers, when they are kind of going maybe on autopilot or just doing what they know to do, it's kind of they're leading the charge and they're saying, well, you got to do this, you got to do this. You yes. gotta do. It's very like teacher centric in helping the kids move forward instead of maybe what you were saying, which was like, I got 50 minutes a day with these kids. What do they need to be successful and how can I do that to them? Yes. Right. And, and yeah, really, I think you, you said something along those lines, kind of changing the perspective of it. So it's not me just telling them what to do because I want to get through this, but like, having them along with me on the progress of the project, making sure they get to everything and helping, helping, I don't know, helping them be accountable is the right thing, but just the way that I was thinking about it really kind of um, affected me and it felt like I was looking at things different, like helping students be successful, not telling students what to do, not giving them the answers all the time, but helping them, assuming that they want to become more successful, and then giving them the tools that they can do to be more successful. Okay. And you you told me this before, and I think it's kind of freeing, is that you say when we teach a class, like, we can do whatever we want. You can do whatever you want. When, you, when we have the kids, I mean, as long as we are acting with integrity, we can teach them however we want. And I think when you start, like, teaching, there's, like, you're trying to follow the status quo. Like, I think the phrase is, you teach like you were taught to teach, is that right? Like you teach what you know. You've seen your your teachers that really made an impact on you and you're trying to be them and you're trying to kind of follow yeah. that path of just like, okay, here's what we do because this is what I did when I was a kid or this is what I did when I was student teaching or in my methods classes and you're following that status quo. But then I think like what you're talking about is like kind of like maybe an evolution, like your next step is that like, no, we, we could do this and this will be a different experience for the kids, but in the long run, it'll be better. And it might not look like what my teachers did or what I worked on when I was a student teacher, but this is different and hopefully better. Yes. Right, and I, that is interesting to think back about on our, our teachers that we've had. Um, I think maybe, it's a, maybe it was a sense in my mind of trying to be more student-centric, not that I haven't been student-centric, but allow uh, allow them to um, have the chance to be successful. I know that sounds like so basic, and it sounds like college education class 101, but that I'm not there just calling the shots to kind of express my um, impact, impart my will on them, right? It's, it's not just me going through this set of commands just so I can like hear myself talk and get through everything and how am I doing? But it's, I'm doing this so they can get better control of the music they're playing and feel more successful, for example, in the groups that we have coming up in the next two weeks, being more successful with the music they're playing for Christmas Spectacular. Right, and now I know I know you've done this before. Like mm-hmm. you've kind of had this mentality for quite some time in teaching, but it is interesting to hear that. Like, even though you've already been doing it, but like something has changed yeah. in your perspective. So that's really cool. And I'm kind of curious. I mean, I don't know. I just I think that's fascinating that you kind of are looking at that differently now, even though you kind of always done it. Right. Um, and I think that's maybe. You know, you think about school. It's like teachers say. Student do. Yes. Teacher say again. Student do do again. You know, it's just like that. It's true. But, and and that's like, that's like the game. But then it makes it sound like teachers, the teacher has like um, everything. Yeah. And then like you are, you're just giving them the information so they can like learn this information. But it's, it's more of a, okay, this group of students is wanting to perform really well, and you've been brought in for these 40 minutes. What can you give them right. to be successful? Right. 
Like that. I guess that was maybe it. Like I just come in like fresh. Like I'm assuming these guys want to be really good. Right. So I'm gonna give them all this stuff, the 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 expertise that I have, either how large or small that may be, and give them input so they can take that and then embrace that themselves and do it. That's true. And that is interesting that you look at it. Well, it's not. It's it's the way it should be looked at. It's like you got X amount of minutes with these kids. What can we do in that time? Right. And of course, it's very easy for like a teacher to fall into be like, oh my gosh, it's only Tuesday, and like trying to get them right. through. But like that's what it is. And the more that you think about it in that way, the minutes like maybe a game is like a trivial term, but just like that's the challenge of teaching is like you got X amount of minutes. What can you do? And it's not really what can you do, but what can the students, students do? Yes, what can the students do? By the end of four right. minutes. Right, and with your guidance and your, your leading them, but what can they get done? Right, and our school right now, the administration is working with teachers um, for checks for understanding, and that's like our, our big goal for the year. And it doesn't matter, well, you called it the difference between reality and fantasy, right? Fantasy is oh, I what- I didn't call it that. You did. It's good, but it's true. It's I like mean, fantasy is like what you think the kids can do. Like, you know, you're teaching your lesson and you're ramming and jamming up front. You're pointing at the board and you've got your iPad and you're drawing and you're, you're talking, pointing at kids or whatever. That's like fantasy because it doesn't matter what you do. It, at the end of the lesson, it matters. What, what can the kids do? Like, are they showing, are they demonstrating their understanding of whatever concept you're teaching, right? And in our neck of the woods, it's very clear what the kids can do because right. their demonstration of understanding is playing. Right. Does it sound good? Is it the right notes and rhythms? Are they playing with the correct dynamics and phrasing? If not, they don't have it yet, and then we got to do it again. So you're, you're taking it from, like, a new perspective. You're saying, I got 40 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever. What can we do in this time, and how can I be the most helpful for you to be successful? And that will probably look different from day to day. Yes. I was just thinking about this too. Like we had, I was telling you, we had our first trumpet choir rehearsal. I got 15 trumpet players um, playing like a five part piece of music and it's pretty challenging. And the answer for today of how can I best help them be successful, I think was I'm learning to show. First time reading the music, it's like, we're well, a lot of point, a lot of saying, you do this, you, you do this. You were doing your mom arm. I, all I, over the I use that term today. I said, let me mom army right here. Here's how to count um, six, eight with 16th notes because that's what we're rolling with. But then maybe by, you know, halfway through our season or toward the end, you know, I'm probably backing off a little bit and letting them do more. We've had the analogy of like giving the kids keys to the car. Right. Um, and in our concert band, I think one of the things that I'm most proud of our kids for is when they kind of take initiative in some of the rehearsals toward the end of our season. Mm -hmm. And kids raise their hand and say, hey, can we try that again? Or, hey, right. I'm not sure if this is lining up correctly with that. Can right. we look at that? Now, if that were happening all the time with all the kids, that'd be like, all the kids, that'd be like pretty painful. But you got a couple kids that saying like, right. can we check this out one more time? Like, I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. And they're like taking the initiative. And with the youngest, least experienced band, like, that's a win that, that they're feeling some like accountability, but also yeah. some ownership of what's going on in the room. And I think that lends itself back to what you're talking about is giving the kids the tools to be successful, not always being the sage on sage on stage. Sage on stage. As they say. SOS. 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 Right? That's truth. That's true. Letting letting the students um, Letting the students develop in a way that they can slowly start to take the reins yeah. and then start to be more reflective on what they're doing and, and then give some feedback to themselves or even to you in a, an appropriate way right. about what they hear or what they don't hear, what they see and what they don't see. And that, that's like some really good fruit right there. Yeah. And yeah. I think we've both been involved in classroom or rehearsal situations we've seen that work and then we've also been on the other side you know where there's not that and like very little yeah like maybe um in a non-music class like not a lot of verbal 
going on, not a lot of discussion, right. not a lot of feedback, and it, it's hard to look for that. Are the students, are we there helping the students, you know, get those 40 minutes as best as they can? Uh, what can we do with this? And sometimes that, that's more challenging given the dynamics of the class. And that re involves a lot of reflection, I think, on the teacher's part. Like yes. at the end of class, I hear, and I know you think about this stuff, and I try to too, it's just like, how did this go? Yeah. What could be better? What did the kids get out of it? And is there something that, that, that we're missing? Um, and I was, you know, I was just thinking about this, that like my early days of teaching, I would think about that stuff constantly. And I just noticed recently, I've had like a couple days where I'm just like, I'm, I'm ramming and jamming in my class periods. And then I'm like not as reflective as much toward the end. Like what, what could I have done differently? What, what should I be doing here? And I think coming back to that like every day, I, I need to do that more and just think like, how are we best utilizing the time? Like, what do I need to do? Like, do the kids need to be sitting somewhere different? Does one light need to be on, two lights on? Do we need to be on iPads, off iPads? Do we need to talk more? Do we need to talk less? What do you think about that stuff? Do you feel like you do or you want, you want to think more about that? Um, both, I think I do think about it, but I want to think more about it. And I think the, the more, the older I get and the longer I've taught, the less I know the answer. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> that, Not for the reason. Right, <laughs> but it's um, it's probably it's honest. That you, you feel it can like work either way. Like I, I can make stuff work either way. I, I feel confident in that. Like, but I want to make sure that I'm keeping everybody engaged and I'm, I'm giving everybody some some rigor with what they can chew on. And I just want to make sure that they're retaining it all. And I don't want to blow up the status quo too much, like thinking I'm like some, I don't know, I'm just doing something too different that kind of scares me. But maybe that's what I need. Or maybe it's what I don't need. And so I kind of get caught in the cycle. Like, what do I need? What do I need to do? Well, so here's something to think of. We've. Um, oh, hit me. Let's go. Okay, here's something to think about is that um, we have talked about before the concept of who's in your balcony. And the who's in your balcony concept would be like just in life that your um, your idea that going through daily life, you're imagining that somebody's looking at you, and and there's a balcony and there's a number of people, and who are those people that you identify are looking at you, and what are they saying? What are they saying that they see you do, or what are they saying about what you say? And so as a teacher. Um, in my balcony, as wow, that was a loud <laughs> fan. As a teacher in my balcony, might be past teachers that I've had, or coworkers. And what would he or she think about what I said, or how I rehearsed that section, or how that sounds? And then, so that's the the teaching balcony and I and I've I've used that analogy with students or that image also just kind of um, who's in who's in your balcony and, and kind of talked more about it with self-esteem yeah with kids that I've been with a longer time like who's in your balcony and thinking about that but then um, I do think about this then I'll ask you about yours but I do think about this sometimes with um, within the classroom certain students in the classroom are like in my balcony. And, and thinking about the diversity of students that you have, whether it's a jazz band, whether it's a um, prep for college and careers class, whether it's a music theory class or a concert band, that there's a diversity of thought and skills in every class that we teach. And so how are those different levels of students receiving what I'm saying and how are they um, approving or disapproving? And I, I think that's part of my um, that's part of my mental process process throughout the classes that I teach. So, what about your balcony? Or do you? We don't have to get into specifics about who's in your balcony, although that would be quite revealing. But it would be like, what do you what do you think of like? Do you ever think, do you think, I know we've talked about the balcony before. We have. 
And do you, do you think about the balcony or do you think, I and mean, how does that manifest oh, itself no, for I, you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You told me about the balcony thing like two years ago. Yeah. I remember that. And I was like, oh, this is good. And if you're listening in a, in a car, don't try and pause that because you might wreck. That's not safe. But if you're listening like in a place where you can pause it and rewind, you should listen to Steve talk about the balcony again because I think this is like really valuable that like everybody should listen to and kind of sift sift through that um, in like your own personal way, maybe not even a professional way, but just Correct. like who, who are people in your life that you value their opinion and you want to hear their opinion? Because unfortunately, I'm going like, I'm going like touchy-feely here, taking... We're like turning into Dr. Phil. Oh, it's time to hang up the mic. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> but you think about like like who who's in your balcony and who are the people you trust? Because often, and this was like the situation I was getting into when you were telling me this, it's like you got to be careful who you let up there, right? You want people whose opinion you value, and sometimes people in your, in your balcony are the ones you don't want up there. I might end up cutting this part. I don't even know. But um, – my balcony as a teacher that's really interesting you brought up the um like you have students in your balcony mm -hmm. i think i do too and i've i think i've thought of that maybe not in the balcony terms but i've definitely thought of it as like students i can like look at and kind of gauge with their facial expressions yep. you think about that mm -hmm. too like what's going well or do i need to move on do i need to change this up like what's going on and sometimes i, I worry like i i take too much information in from that and i'm like no i can still do my own thing but I do think about that a lot, like with kids in my balcony and what I'm doing. Um, I do have like teachers in mind. Um, I know if teachers, if you're listening, you've um, definitely been observed at some point by an administrator who comes in with, with their laptop or whatever and taking notes. And um, that can be like a scary feeling. But I do like to think of like if, if I had random teachers come in and like observe me, like, would they be into what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. And I, I do think of, like, a couple teachers or administrators or whoever that, like, would do, like, I kind of um, play through that in my mind. Like, what, what would they think of this right now? Is this, is this good or do I need to change it up? So I definitely do think about the balcony when it comes to teaching. And even though we're all, you know, wanting the best for our kids, you know, all, all teachers arrive at that point in different ways. And thinking about in terms of getting the students successful, like what that looks like, um, and thinking about who's who's in the balcony saying, "Yeah, that's a good way to get successful." I think is kind of a good, like process A and process B that kind of melds its way into the middle of success. Gotcha. So that is that's great, great to think of. And I that was sorry, I'm not really reflecting back to you, Jack. It's okay. He's never done that. <laughs> but I think some, something that you hit on just a few minutes ago was like who's who's in your balcony and who do you allow to come into your balcony? Yeah. Um, obviously, that's a pretty big life skill. And I think you know, and there, if we go back to a couple episodes, we were talking about dynamic people yeah. that um, were very attractive. That you're like, I want to do what they're doing. That they figured out how to deal with their balcony, or they put the right people in their balcony. Yeah. And I don't think that your balcony has to be like the yes man all the time saying, yeah, good job, you're awesome. I don't think that. I think there needs to be a diversity of um, expressions up there about what's happening. Sure. But um, I think that, um, you know, insightful what you said, too, about thinking about your students, the students in the balcony, and about reading into too much what's going on. Right. Um, and I guess that's only human, right? It is, but I also, maybe this is like teacher-centric opinion of me um, since I've never worked like another professional job, but I think in our career, we second-guess ourselves constantly. Yeah. I don't know if that, is, is everyone doing that? I don't know, but I think, like, I think our job is pretty subjective. As we're saying, there's like 12 million different ways you can get your students successful, and there's 11, uh, I mean, there's a million other ways you can choose from to get there, and... If you're, I don't know, if you're like, um, if and other jobs, if you're like crunching numbers, the numbers crunch the same way every day, right? Addition stays the same. But uh, what we're doing is so subjective. And finding ways to get the student successful, even though that's like our 99% focus, that 1% is, am I, am I being successful? Like, what am I doing? But that 1% that you're thinking about feels like 99 
it's like you're trying to spin all these plates at once and you're so focused on the kids but then you're looking back at yourself and like what you're doing and you're trying to reflect on it but also pay attention to what's going on in the room and it's just like is this it am i getting the kids successful with what mm -hmm. i'm doing with my time do you do you find like through the day or through the 45 minute classes since that's what we're in now you're like are you like talking to yourself going this is going really well or this is dragging on or I'm moving too fast or I'm going painfully slow constantly <laughs> you all the time all the time I can't turn it off no it's which this okay another another deep thought is like the the, the people that we have talked about and acknowledged that are saying these are the people that are um, worthy of kind of like emulating like their presence and their positivity the people that seem to be on top of that game are the people that are the the ones that are the most present they're they're in that moment so and then those of us that have struggled with anxiety at different times right anxiety is like experiencing something that's not necessarily there right but it's ahead of you something that you you fear so just being present in the classroom which is almost hard to do because you you got to think the next four downs but there's also just the idea of being present in the class and being present to the students there that, that that's a lot we're getting like really deep today. it's the it's microphones deep. i'm it telling is. you it is it does make it feel like a little more I, ethereal and like we're like okay let's talk let's talk this through steve yeah, that's, that's what it feels good. like do you think those people you were talking about though, that we were hitting on like um, two episodes mm -hmm. ago, do you think that even though they were present to you as the outsider looking in, do you think they were going through that same stuff on their own little mental circles? I, realistically, yes, but I want to think no. Mm -hmm. I think that they're just kind of, that's kind of how they roll. I think some people have an uncanny talent or skill that they, they can just be in the moment and they're, they're taking care of things right there. It doesn't mean they don't plan or look ahead, but. Um, okay, I might need to cut this later because I might not want to say this one, but do you know, um, we're talking about Tim Lautzenheiser. We, we always bring yeah. him up. You know, he like, we work with him. I've worked with him at um, certain events yes and he volunteers and he's always making sure everyone has what they need like that's his whole thing and um, we've talked about this concept before but when he was at that summer camp he would serve people food right yeah. when it was dinner time he like he would not like eat in front of people you know that no he wanted to I think if he had like it, he needed to eat he would just like go away scarf something down in like two minutes and then come back and just like back back to normal why is that I think it's what you're talking about with being present. Like, those people were present and they're showing you that they're there and they're with you. And maybe he thought that like him eating would be distracting. Would be distracting and saying, I need this, like my, my own physiological need. And he just wanted to hide that because he wanted people to feel like he was present. Is that something he told you or something? No, you? I just, I think something I noticed. I just like, I've never seen that man chew food. Yeah, I've chewed food in front of me. <laughs> Serving others first, I mean, that whole kind of that yeah. concept too. But but maybe just like wanting to be present. I don't know. I just, I, I think that's fascinating. That is fascinating. Moments that you have had success in kind of taking a step back and thinking, how can I get these kids successful? Things you've done. Right. We got I think that's good. I think many words not do trick. I realize that sometimes as being a classroom teacher or a an ensemble leader that the the structure and the repetition and the expectations are obviously crucial but I found so much success well that sounds a little egotistical I found moments of 
relief or improvement when that system kind of gets changed up. And it's kind of like the it's kind of like rearranging your room mm, as a kid. Good. Like, you know, that was a fun thing, rearranging your room. You had four walls and you probably didn't have a huge room and you had a limited amount of furniture and there's only so many ways you could put the puzzle together. And you enjoy the order of your room when you came into it. But boy, there was something fun. Yeah. When you redid your room and then you cleaned it all up and then you went out and you came back in and you're right. like, oh, this is great. That's true. You talk about settling the snow globe, that would be shaking it up. Right. Yeah. And there's been some times that I enjoy kind of not doing the expected. Yeah. And I think that kind of heightens the awareness. Yeah. You were asking, like, how can yeah. this make students yeah. be successful? It heightens the awareness and maybe doesn't let them get into the dullness of the structured, repetitious beginning of class. Yes. And something just totally different. That's good. Um, and I, I found that, that the energy changes mm -hmm. for me and for the students. And so that does help them be successful. And I feel like that helps them be more present. Because we know, um, you know, going back last week to having Heidi Snyder with us, the regiment, regiment's a bad word to use, but the, the order and the predictability of your class and doing that with 22 first graders is so important, but then there's also something kind of freeing and fun about the just because we're gonna do something different. And it does change the energy, which helps the students be more present and then also helps the students be more successful because they're present. Well and plus, I get distracted pretty easy. So, yeah, yeah I know. It's hard to believe. It's playing, play. with, a toy <laughs> right I'm playing with a toy tooth. But, but it does help me to be able to be more spontaneous. You feel more free. You feel more free. That's true. It's true. And some days, the kids and Mr. Peterson need, need a fence. Yep. A small offense that you just got to do your thing. But then right. some days you need to get a bigger fence. Sometimes you need to go outside the fence. Right. Go out in the field and just run. That's true. And, you know, something as an easy example, I think, that works for us is that, like, you like to blow up seating charts some days. Yep. And that's, like, that's kind of a fun time. The jazz band kids, it, it doesn't work as well in that class because you, you can't hear the saxophones. But um, <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with like, our concert band... They like to go, like, you would blow them up so they're, like, totally by themselves. And I remember there was a day last year you did um, a completely improvised lesson, shocking, on, like, 25 minutes of, like, listening and just, like, listen to your neighbor. We played one note for, like, 25 minutes, and it was like, okay, you play. Okay, you play. Can you hear them? No. Then you need to play softer. Okay, now you, you, okay, now add. And, and I swear the kids were, like, about to fall out of their chairs because they were sitting so close to you, like, on the edge of their seat. And they were all over the room all over the room like in the corners and up steps and yep. down steps and like facing different ways and so it was the idea that they were not sitting like 18 inches apart right and that it's it totally changes up the the dynamic and it makes them kind of like not on edge in a negative way but just like alert because something's different and they're like i can't i can't fake my way through this i need to pay attention like right. what's going on and usually it's more out of like a curious nature than like a painful like oh, I have to do this like right. what? what's what's going on what are we doing no that's good that's good changing changing up the the plan but also that goes back to student success yes but do you do you like to do that like do you think of like sometimes like maybe you go into a class like here we are in the end of November you're like oh, I gotta do this like you're thinking about the the way you're not like going uh, about the kids but you're just thinking about uh, about the structure of the class like um, how can I change it up or I do like do I need to go into super soft mode or super loud mode or do I need to go into frenetic mode or no I, I do think about that um, a very minimal example today that was like very happenstance coming to music theory and music theory is in the choir room right now choir is working on choreography for a Christmas show so that meant there were no chairs out as it came in and I've noticed that kids don't adapt their environment to what they're used to. They just adapt to the environment. And they just all sat on the floor. Did you let them sit on the floor? I just kind of, they, they were like, in, 
just sitting on the floor and they were talking and I was like, do you guys want to get, there's chairs right there. Do you want to get chairs? So like, no, we're fine. And it was kind of like a different energy in the class because yeah, there was no chairs. Right. They're just like on the floor. And it felt kind of like, um, like a, a first grade, first grade style class when everyone sit on the floor, but it was yeah. also just kind of like a club. It didn't feel like class because there weren't chairs. So that was interesting. Um, something that we've been taught as teachers is that you have to incorporate movement in your lessons. Um, and I've started to do that more, especially with the high school kids. Um, and, and we used to be on 84 minute classes. And if you sit still for 84 minutes, it's painful. You get bed sores. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we stopped doing that class schedule because kids were getting bed sores. I mean. Can I go to the nurse? <laughs> oh God. Yes. Okay, the, the whole class is going to the nurse. What's the problem? That's Bad sores. <laughs> Block schedule. <laughs> Block schedule did it again. Um, so we, we had to find ways to get get up and, and move. And our principal at that time was like very adamant that like you gotta have like at least three transitions. Like I remember her talking about that. Like you yeah. gotta move. Yeah. And if you're in a class like marching band, check. Easy. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Can we sit down? Yeah, can we please? <laughs> it's cool. Right. Um, but in a class like Music theory or concert band, yes. you know, if that's 84 minutes, you got to find time to move, and, and that's helping the students be successful. Um, and, you know, in concert band, we would do sectionals in a different location, so we literally just moved from one class to another, and that kind of worked. Yep. But in music theory, I've had to kind of get creative with some yeah, So what are you doing things. that? Um, this is, like, very music theory-centric, but we were working on triads, right? Triad, tri, add, three notes. Three-note chord. Ooh. And we call these chords... Um, triads and they have three notes in them they're called the root the third and the fifth and sometimes this is a little music theory lesson I'm already geeking out this is fun sometimes they're not always in what we call root position where the roots on the bottom sometimes the third might be on the bottom and we call that first inversion sometimes the fifth might be on the bottom and we call that second inversion so I assign kids roots thirds fifths okay. and we have like stairs you have stairs in, in that room. room they're like tiers so it was kind of like a, a, a human body race to who can get into the correct inversion the quickest. Oh, that's cool. So I had like, okay, root, okay, root position, go. And then the root would run to the bottom of the stairs and then third and fifth. So, okay, second inversion, go. And then the fifth runs to the bottom, so we're kind of playing like leapfrog almost. Right. And, and they're running through. And it's Did just, that help? Yeah, and, and I think it's like another way too. It's like you're not just writing down on a piece of right. paper like what the triads look like. It's like you're physically doing what the triads look like when they're inverted. And then I told you, like, we played musical chairs in there with um, right. key signatures. So I, I was shuffling through, like, key signatures on the board, and key signatures are just, like, names of notes, right? So are we in C major? Are we in D major, F major? So there's 12 different ones, 15 if you're, like, that person. There's 15 different ones cycling through. That was a music theory joke for if anyone was listening. 15 keys cycling through, and I said, okay, when you see F major, that's like when the music stops, like go find a chair. So I'm cycling through, cycling through, F major comes up, and kids are like fighting for chairs. Wonderful, wonderful. And our principal walked in at that point too. Really? Yeah, he did. He was laughing, which I think was a good sign. That's good. So, <laughs> yeah, so stuff like that, that's like, if you're, if you're just like a random person looking in, you're seeing like a bunch of kids in class playing musical chairs, it might not look like you're being right. very productive, but like they're demonstrating their understanding for what's going on one way or another. And, and same thing with running around with that like little triad exercise, that idea, that too. Well, and that something like that um, is memorable for the students. Yes. Yeah, I, and, I think so. And seeing themselves on the bottom step or the middle tier or the top step, right? Yes. And, and sometimes I like doing that stuff and I like not telling them what we're doing right away. I have this, this adult roles class and these kids I know less because I haven't had them as long in the band program or whatever. And sometimes I'll just tell them, okay, you stand here, you stand here, you stand here. And the room's just kind of silent as I'm still doing. And so they're kind of like, what, what, are, what are we doing? And the energy kind of changes. Sure. And then they're kind of like more alert, they're more awake as if, if I would have done it the opposite way and said, okay, we're going to do like a group activity. This group is going to be, then it's like a different. So what if you took student one, two, and three, and they put them in different parts of the room, and then what would be the follow-up to that of the next step? Um, I think it was like a speed dating activity, but it wasn't 
it wasn't through like social stuff. It was like with what the content we were doing was. We were just like talking through with partners. Um, and I've done stuff like that. Like, and I know you have too. Like, order yourselves by height or by birthday. Yes. But usually the the trick is like you can't talk. You got to do it silently or whatever. And then it's like a thirty minute movement activity that's different, but like is keeping kids um, engaged. So those are like two things. Um, a couple things like especially with movement that I've done in my classes to kind of keep things fresh and help the students be successful and kind of give them the keys to the car for a second so to speak and I'm kind of hands off and not in a lazy way but in an intentional way I'm hands yeah. off that's cool and that goes back to step one today of thinking about giving the students more license to be successful and having them help lead the charge and once you kind of get that culture in your classes, that's kind of a game changer. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the downsides um, about our band that we teach. Since we teach the youngest band, most of the kids, by the time they're done, move on to the next band. Yeah. So we do have some kids that um, roll over from year to year, but it's hard to... I think we do have the culture in there. Like, I think that that does stick around from year to year. But sometimes I wish that we had more um, flow in that right. sense. So we, because you and I have our systems of what we think the culture should be, leadership and temperature and everything. And it, it'd be cool to kind of see where that could go if we kept giving the kids the keys. Right. Right. And and have them do more and have us do less. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. And again, not from like a lazy perspective, but just totally like intentional. No. And well, and I started having some in marching band. I started having the kids leading warm-ups. I this remember year, you said that. Yeah. Um, helping them be successful, which is many reasons. One, you and I both know the feeling of walking out to the marching band field when you have to take attendance and you have three um, handouts you need to pass out and you have the away school fight song you need to pass out as well. And you know that there are going to be six athletes that are coming in late. And, right. oh, it's raining. And, oh, wait, now we have to go in. Hey, um, seniors? F concert. F concert. Ha run so it. you did that. I think that that's a great idea. Um, and this was the first year I did it. So there were always some kind of, like, hiccups and things to do. But that I did take, like, a scaffolded approach to it with the seniors leading it. Like, at first, in the first part of the season, it was, we're going to just do three notes with me. Three Fs. Ready? Stop. Go again. Stop. Last one. Go. That was it. And then as the season went on, they would do like one or two more exercises with them. And then by the end, I think we were doing three or four. And they would count it off. They would count it off and they'd lead it where they were in the arc. They wouldn't do it. They'd start up front gotcha. and then after the first couple notes, they'd go into and the and arc. And did you feel like the students responded well? Like over time, that became a good thing? Absolutely. And I, I told the seniors too, I said um, – when you're ready to go, like our rehearsal starts at six. So at 5.59, go stand up in front of them and just put your hands, like cross your hands in what we call our standby position. Yeah. And that's kind of like signaling to everybody else we're ready to go. Like I, I told the seniors, like don't shush them. Don't try and like cut them off from what they're doing. Just wait. And they'll, they always were really respectful about just like going here. And I told the seniors, like don't, don't start anything until it's like completely silent and you have all eyes on you. And they were really good about that. And it was always silent. And it's a different kind of level of respect when your peer is teaching you than if your teacher's teaching it's you. true. Because if you like blow off your teacher, it's like, whatever, I'm not, I'm not personally offended that you blew me off because you're a student. Right. But if you blow off your peer, your peer's like, hey, what the Come heck? on, man. Yeah. yeah. So you're not, you're not gonna right. do that. So it's a different energy. And I'm hoping that that can be a system that keeps building on itself and the seniors like want to do that. And they always did, like they were into it. Um, but that changes up the energy when your student leads something in the class rather than you. And we've done that maybe a few times in concert band, not as many because mm -hmm. they're mostly younger kids in there. But I think stuff like that can be a nice change of pace. Like, okay, you lead warmups today. Right. What do you got? Let's do it. Right. Let's build in a culture. Oh, and Dr. Tim said, back to Dr. Tim, um, that anything the students can do that saves um, the teacher time to do tasks only the teacher can do is worth it. Gotcha. And we know how long attendance can take in marching band some days. Yes, it takes. It takes some time. I'm it's still finishing up marching band attendance. <laughs> I've been out of marching band for a month. It's real. It's oh real. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. But I, I do think this is like a really good concept to think about, especially like for teachers listening in the middle of their school year where you've kind of, you've done the same thing and you know, you're, you're in your flow, that it might be time to change something up. Right. It might be time to rearrange the furniture. Of course that, yeah, changing the physical location. Yeah. Right. Like, I, what if we just turn, well, I'm just looking at this classroom, I could turn this classroom around. Right. I could totally freak out the kids. Or have them fake, yeah. Turn 90 degrees. That's all it takes. All it takes to make the kids go, what is going on? Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, so try that. If you're out there and you're an educator. Or if you're a business leader. Switch everyone's desks around. Change their cubicle. Change the lock on the door. Change the lock. If you're married, change the lock on the door. <laughs> Put your son's furniture in the garage. See how they do. Okay. Uh, That's just great. only drive backwards. Oh, Something like that. There you go, Michael. It's a lake. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Got anything else on this? Um, golly. No, I don't. No, I have a I have a rehearsal this evening, so my mind has been going there at different times. Then I'm like really hungry. Steve, you gotta be present, man. You just talked about that. He's I already, he's already thinking about his jelly 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 move that he's putting in in the jazz band rehearsal oh, tonight. It's Steve's actually a really talented choreographer. If you oh, ever stop, if you ever need like some really good choreography, call up Stevie P. Call up yeah, Steve Peterson. Yeah, that's it. He's I, got you. I got two moves. Two moves and same moves we've been doing for 20 years. Hey, so. They work then, they work now. They, that's great. Same thing, but yeah, that's the I wasn't present all the time. Did I know? I don't know, Jack. Did you? <laughs> did you, Jack? Well, you responded appropriately. You made eye contact. You did the, you, you checked those boxes. You're okay. Oh. I'm also really hungry, man. Well, it's it's getting late for us. We don't usually record I know, this it's, late. I know it's um Almost, it's 5 30. I had to get my hair cut yesterday, so we rescheduled our normal recording. Jack just, well, talking about changing it up, Jack changed it up, you know, because usually I'm like, okay, get to school on Monday, but do Chops podcast, and Jack's like, Ixnay on the odd cast pay, you know, the Ops J. Ops J. So we're going to do that because Jack's got the fresh cut, which is fire. I got my hair cut too, but, you know, I did that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but um, I find too that I get like what period is that? Fourth First. period. Fourth oh. period. Fourth period is right before lunch. That's, That's when my you lose su- your mojo. I lose my mojo about twenty minutes into the day. <laughs> That's, like, That's all I've got, kids. Okay, no, like halfway through that last piano class, fourth period, I start getting hungry. Then it's just like, and then they all have lunch. I know they all have lunch, you know, and it's just like. Okay, we got students listening right now. Okay, students listening at Concord, come bring Mr. Peterson a snack right around 1140. Gosh, that's what I need. It's tough. It is tough, and it's time to go. I get so hungry, but I I don't know. I've been eating the same thing. I eat in the morning. I do oatmeal. I was going to do a smoothie this morning, but it was so cold it was cold it's windy and we have this thing called a furnace and windows and it's it just feel and the temperature was still the same in the house Uh, but it just feels different you look outside and it's dark and it's snowy and it's windy i'm like i gotta shovel off or brush off my car again but then so i couldn't do a smoothie this morning because i had to do no there's no way i had to do oatmeal and like two cups of coffee, and I just like poured it down my shirt. <laughs> I was like so cold. I was like, I didn't even take a shower. I was just like, bro, I got oh, third my. degree burns on my <laughs> chest. It's it's bad, but that's where I am. Man, you smell like coffee. Yep, yep you have no idea. <laughs> yes, call yeah. me Starbucks. Yeah, it's getting it's getting cold. It's getting real. Yeah. It's all happening. Four weeks of school. Okay, well, um, let's see. Today is November twenty eighth, and then. In a couple weeks, we're going to have a guest mm. out of out of state. You know him and you love him. Oh, to be revealed be. on the uh, Instagram reel will release oh, before gonna that be, week, and that's going to be in a couple weeks. So that'll be fun. So that's next be good. next week we'll also do 
Just the two of us. And like just some the two, two of us. us. Yeah, just the two of us. Save the sky. Yeah, just the two of us next week, and then we have a guest, and then we're probably going to have to take a little hiatus around the holidays yeah. unless yeah. we're like really driven and I don't know though. I don't really not to we could do some hot cocoa. We could do on location like at a coffee shop or something. Live show? Yeah. Live show at the uh, Martin Starbucks over here in Elkhart and Dunlap. That'd be good. That'd be fun. It'd be loud. It'd be really echoey. And we'd have just enough audience to fill those uh, two couches up there. So Easily. Easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, you need, here's what you need to do, listeners. Follow at chops underscore podcast on Instagram and on TikTok and on YouTube. If you're watching this, like you're watching it, like it's video, thanks for checking out our videos. If you're listening you. to it, consider checking out the videos on YouTube and on Spotify. We have post the uh, video podcast there as well. Um, write us a review. Even if you hate it, write us a review. We can take it. We're teachers. We're high school teachers. We can definitely take, take it. it. We can take it. And... Uh, give us a rating. Again, we can take it if you don't like it, but rate us, you know? Helps yeah. out. Helps out. That's good. Um, I think that's all the the plugs we got. I think that's all we got for right now. So Steve's going to go teach kids the grapevine. I'm the nerdy grapevine. You are doing it? Yeah. I told the kids you're going to do the grapevine. I said left over right. Get it going. Yep. Uh, nerdy grapevine. Let's just step together. Step. Step. Oh, yeah. They're going to play really loud. Yeah. Just loud it's enough. This is what we do. Uh, no, actually, this this year we were actually playing Dynamics. Um, it's a combined jazz band tune. Well, it's, I mean, I kind of say that. Playing dynamics. Well, it's funny because it's like both jazz band combined and we do like a silly number in like wacky costumes and it's kind of over the top, just zany and like bra it's like jazz theater on stage it is they're like in the aisles and they're like all lit up like with lights and doing crazy stuff and today like we're doing like a little conga line and a 1950s rock and roll thing and so it does get pretty loud but it's kind of what we do but so i think we're gonna change it up tonight yeah change it up you're gonna play piano Okay. Can't wait to see it. So, um, this is the end of the time. This is the end. We're we're piecing out. I'm gonna go eat some dinner. You're gonna Thank go you. teach some grapevines and eat yep. some dinner. Okay. So for Jack Hinkle and Steve Peterson, see ya. Bye.